Welcome to GrishaCast. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi sabayenyi, casters. This is your host, Eric. And it's Terry. Hi. Hi. How are you, girl? I am so good. I'm very impressed with your intro. Thank you. You've been practicing. I have, and I kind of was like, I've just been looking for something that like would be you know unique for our listeners and i don't know i kind of like that for right now we're gonna try it give it a shot see what people think see how we feel about it see if it works it might just be this one episode but hey we're trying something so because you know when i was doing hello 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 that was um totally stolen from rupaul's drag race because he is like my idol of course so Anyways, I, I don't want to keep stealing from people's. I, I want us to have our own. And um, anyways, Casters, I thought, was kind of neat. Um, we'll give it a shot. So um, I like it. Anyways, how is um, how have you been? How's this past week? You got, we had the new year happen. We sure did. A whole decade started. I know. It's kind of scary because there's a lot of things that are going to happen this year. It is. And I'm very disappointed we don't have flying cars. Not yet. Maybe I this year? I was promised flying cars oh shit (laughs) people better get working (laughs) they better get on that i grew up watching the the jetsons in the 2020s and we don't live like that what's up with that not yet but maybe this year has a lot of surprises people can't even drive on the road i don't want them to be driving in the air uh yeah you're right oh my god cool thing so um for my birthday i got um there's one thing i wanted for my birthday gift and Pandora came out with a Harry Potter bangle and a whole set of Harry Potter charms. So, like, I'm not a Pandora person, but when I saw this bangle, which was really cool, it is amazing um, because it's not your typical bracelet. You buy the specific Harry Potter one, and it has the golden snitch that actually holds your bracelet together. And then It's got, like, written stuff, like, on the side where it's, like, at the end I close or at the open I close. It's I can't remember the line right now. It's real cute. But, like, it's really cute. And I got it for my birthday from my mom with, like, four charms, which was really cool and awesome. But we tried on, and it is so, so small. It, like, it I can't even, like, the charms couldn't go anywhere. Both sides of the bangle hit both sides of my wrist. So, like, that wasn't going to work. So my mom and I go the following Friday to Pandora to um, exchange it. And what happens? They're out of everything. They're out of all of it. And I was so upset because, like, I didn't think that would happen. I called them, like, like weeks ago before, and they're like, we've got so many of everything. And they're like, yeah, the holidays, like, just drew us out. We just, we just got nothing now. So I was upset. But here's the great part of the story. Today I got a phone call from them, and they're like, Girl, Eric, I got your bangle in the size you want, plus your Slytherin charm. And yeah, I, I do. I am so excited. And, like, I wanted to go right then. I got it, the message right after, well, they called me, right after work, right before I was going to work out. And I'm just going to say, if I wasn't so dedicated to this Grisha Cast podcast, I would have been in Green Hills because that's where I got to go. It's, like, 45 minutes away. And the traffic is horrible there because it's so congested. But I will be there tomorrow after work. Uh, I got a therapy appointment, gonna rock that out, and then after that, boom, straight to Nashville. Can't wait to get my bangle. Now, y'all know how important you are 
if Eric skipped out on getting his Harry Potter bracelet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ex- come on. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, Priorities. casters, people out there, listeners. That's huge. Because, I mean, I wanted this so bad. I just so excited. But you guys mean a lot to me, and I love this thing so much. I love that, one, I get to talk about something I love so much and geek out about it. And two, the best thing is now I've got my best friend and we have had such stress in our lives recently. We both have kids now and it's just hard to see one another. And let's talk about that for a second. Who would have thought in high school that um, every Thursday we'd be hanging out while our teenage children hung out together? I know it's kind of amazing. It really is. It's just awesome. Like, it's so exciting to know that like every single week I get to spend this hour with We're you. We're living friendship goals. We are. Oh my god, so cool, so cool. We have our own hashtag and everything. We do. So, um, anyways, so yeah, I, I, I think I, I've had a lot going on. I've been busy, but that was the most exciting news I've had, and um, I'm excited to go get it tomorrow. Can't wait to. Um, take a picture of it and let you all know what it looks like. So, um, did you have a good New Year's? I did. We stayed home. Um, we, you know, we just kind of stayed up. And uh, did you make it to twelve? We did. All three of us wow. made it up to twelve. And um, we, I had just, um, I bought a PlayStation Four. Oh. So we uh, we stayed up with that. Okay. I'm a, I'm a PlayStation geek. So hey, girl. if anybody's out there, I'm Terry K.N. on the uh, PlayStation <laughs> universe. Um, come look at my pitiful scores. Um, <laughs> but I'm a PlayStation gamer dork, and so um, the boys were excited. And I bet. We stayed up for quite a while playing Red Dead, and it was fun. Oh, my God, guys. She's got the most amazing kids. I, I love them. Can I say their name on air? Does sure. It matter? Yeah, Rylan and Alden. And they've been a part of Chris and our lives for a while now. And it's been amazing to watch them grow. They are such, such amazing kids. And just, it's so neat to just have them in our lives. And the things they've got, they've had a lot of stuff going. Like, so much stuff going on. But, like, still, every time I see them, they're just, they're positive And they just... They're smart. They're like they're more grown up than I think their typical age would be, especially when it comes to maturity and just like, you know, they don't I feel like they don't let some stuff bug them so much. Um, I know they have their hardships, but like they're just really good kids. And I love seeing them. They used to come over and we enjoy babysitting them and we just do art projects and hang out and take them to go eat Thai food and I'd get and Rylan would listen to some of my music and he'd be like, Oh my god, I like this and it's just cool. So his kids her kids are amazing. And it's been great having you two in their lives. Ugh, um they I'm call glad. they call Chris and Eric fairy godparents. And we are. <laughs> and we, it's um it's nice to have positive adults in your life that cheer you on and Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a lot that teenagers go through now. Yeah. So it's um it's been nice having you guys. Well good. So our um I'll make this short. Our New Year's Eve, Chris, unfortunately, started getting sick. So I took care of him in the, like, early afternoon and put him to bed. And 
my lovely, adorable son, Caden, unfortunately is grounded. So he hasn't been able to like play his games or watch TV or anything. So when that happens, he doesn't really have anything to do. He's allowed to read, but he, um, he went to bed early. He fell asleep. So around 8.39, I had the house to myself. So I got myself on the couch and I got my Kindle and I just read and read for a couple hours. I felt I, I didn't watch the ball drop because I don't even have I, I don't have cable anymore. I just like stream everything. Well, but. you missed Keith Urban wearing a Freddy Krueger sweater. Well, I'm sorry. That's... It, you know, you know, there was there's like a, there was a costume there for a while that was like a women's costume, like all the drag queens were wearing them. Yeah. That was like the Freddy Krueger shirt, and it was kind of ripped in some places. When they weren't, it Hall- looked straight up like that. Wow! Not even kidding. Well, maybe he talked to like the princess or somebody maybe. and got like the outfit. Maybe he was inspired by the princess. Yeah, you never know. The drag queens here in Nashville actually are pretty. They are amazing. fire. They really are. Compared to other cities, I I'm, I'm always impressed with our lineup. So if you guys ever come through. Play Dance Bar has an amazing drag show. And that is the only place in Nashville I would say go to. Oh, Just 100%. because they are so professional, do an incredible job of their show. They put a lot of work and effort into it. And, oh, Terry and I love our drag girls. We do. Yeah. And I'm, we totally went on a tangent there. Your, uh, your quiet evening of reading um, yeah. actually sounds lovely. It was. I've been um, reading Victoria Schwab right now, which is a magical world. Um, it's um, a darker shade of magic. And I'm in the second book, and there's a third one. And I'm just really enjoying it. And, um, yeah, it's, it was great. So um, I'm, I'm just chugging along in that. I'm really reading a lot. I'm actually also about to start um, a, a book club, a Harry Potter book club, where it's just me and like a couple other people where we're going to be reading three chapters every two weeks because I told them, I was like, I've got a lot of reading. I've got my Grisha cast I got to read through, then this Harry Potter thing, plus I've got to have like what I want to my other read. So I've been spending like two or three hours a day reading. That's really good. I love it. I most of it's at nighttime, but like I I love it. It's like my peace. So awesome. anyways, let's move on. We've done a lot of tan little talking, but I'm glad we got to do this because it's important that you guys get to know us better. And I know that we haven't done that in a while. So And being best friends, we could do that literally all night. We could fill this entire podcast up with things probably you wouldn't want to hear. <laughs> exactly. But oh not my god. All, not all appropriate either. But Something cool. We're moving up in this podcast world. So cool, you guys. Yeah. So on a recent interview on NPR, Weekend Edition Sunday, Lee Bardugo was asked about where she got her love for magic. And here is our queen's response. I started reading fantasy and science fiction and writing fantasy and science fiction when I was when I started junior high school. And that was when my mom remarried. We moved to a completely different neighborhood. I started a new school. And I could not have felt more alone. And I walked into the library at my school. And some wonderful librarian had put out a table of speculative fiction that said, uh, discover new worlds and 
God, I wanted to. And I desperately needed books that would take me out of my environment and show me a world where being smart and brave and prepared was more important than being cute or cheerful or knowing the right thing to say. And that's what science fiction and fantasy gave me. They expanded the universe that I lived in beyond home and school and the mall. And so it was a lifeline for me. And I think that the possibility that magic presents and the stakes that magic present are addictive in a way. And um, I don't think if you fall in love at that early age, you ever really get it out of your system. So I think that's absolutely amazing because I relate to that so, so much. I I just love that. I Uh, think the majority of us can absolutely relate to that. Yeah. It's not always magic, but we find what we need in books. Oh, absolutely. We find that escape. And um, yeah, for me, it has a lot to do with what she's like the magic thing, because I just love like, that's what I always love. I love magic and fantasy. So um, but yeah, what she said, like, it just comes to like, any kind of reader, whatever your genre is that you love. uh, It's just so neat when we find that. I almost feel like it's you know how when you're in high school, you're trying to find your tribe, you're trying to find that group of kids or friends that like love you and like it takes some time sometimes to find them. But Or sometimes you're your own tribe because there are no others like you, like when I was in high school. But <laughs> you eventually do find them though. You e- do. Even you do. Exactly. If if you haven't found him in high school, then like any listeners out there that are like in this exact position, just hold on. Like you will find your tribe. They will come to you and it's going to be amazing because once you find them, your world opens up and you finally have people that like understand you and get you. And that is totally where Terry and I come in. I mean, you know, you just, you get that relationship and you find those people that love you for who you are and you can be silly and make jokes about things that don't even make sense and still yeah so So hold on hold on to those books hold on to that uh different reality that you can escape to yes be yourself find it in a book don't change be who you are because you will find those people just like you absolutely just give it some time and then sometimes you can stumble across a podcast of something that you love and then you get a whole other world of people that are just in love with it as you are exactly and we love you guys so i mean you're more than welcome to like tweet us or instagram like direct message us whatever we would love to talk to you guys we're your family we are so we got to stick together and um yeah so that was really cool beautiful um quote from lee uh so relatable i think to all of us so um speculative fiction i think was my favorite yeah piece out of that that was yeah that was so well said uh well she's just she's our queen she's amazing so well let's get started with this um podcast so recap of last week to kind of make it pretty short i mean we found out who sturmhan was i mean the the makeover happened and we found out that he was the prince and like that was just mind blown yeah mic drop i'm sure definitely for terry oh uh, absolutely but it makes so much sense and it's i just... had him tagged early on as my favorite person in this whole book the only one that i can like really relate to as far as attitude because sorry oh, yeah. i've got an attitude 
And so he was <laughs> the only one that I that I really just attached myself to. And I just thought, oh, you know, he's not going to have he's not going to he's not going to be a big part of it. So oh. when wrong, <laughs> when wrong. he turned into the prince, it was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. And um, I'm trying to think, did we find out also last time we spoke like what like their plan was that Alina their plan is to like go to Azalta and that she's gonna be take control of the second army exactly and he's his plan is obviously to become the king and you know take care and declare war on the darkling yes and take and take his position like over the first army and be the king and um yeah so one way or another this will end Yes. That's how we ended. Okay, so we're going to start off um, with chapter 10 with a quote I've got real quickly. This is um, just kind of telling us where we are. Um, so, and I think this is literally the very first, like, quote from this chapter 10. It just starts off like this. We didn't leave for Azalta right away, but spent the next three days transporting shipment of goods across the fold. We operated out of what was left of the military encampment at Kribirsk. Most of the troops had been pulled back when the fold started expanding. A new watchtower had been erected to monitor the black shores of the unsea, and only a skeleton crew stayed on to operate the dry docks. Not a single Grisha remained on the encampment. After the Darklings attempted coup and the destruction of Novokribirsk, a wave of anti-Grisha sentiment had swept through Ravka and the ranks of the First Army. I wasn't surprised. An entire town was gone. It's people, food for monsters. Ravka wouldn't soon forget. Neither could I. Some Grisha had fled to Azalta to seek the protection of the king. Others had gone into hiding. Nikolai suspected that most of them had sought out the Darkling and defected to his side. So I just think that's important because that's really just... There's a lot of information there of what's going on on the sidelines. You know, what happened to all these Grisha after this happened? And, you know, that's been something on our minds. You know, what happened? I mean... The, it, and I love that because we're starting to realize it's not all the Grisha that just decided to go. I, or maybe we'll get into that later. But I, I love that. Kind of like a little news break. Kind of anti-Grisha sentiment going Yeah, around. and the people that are anti-Grisha now because of just the Darkling's actions. So Right, they're, they're attached to the Darkling in yep. a negative way. Yeah, absolutely. Which is so sad because we know that like, we know some of these characters weren't, wanting to do some of that and they were just kind of blindly following behind him just kind of listening to his words and i think just kind of like following him but i don't know almost like just agreeing with him when they didn't agree because and it says it later on how they just didn't um they had nowhere else to go some people some grisha yeah, i think tamar that. says a, a few things about that later on yeah so pretty much they um they're they're doing shipments the the shipments are of guns ammunition sugar and jurda and um they've been going across the the fold doing that nikolai of course wants to also um on these expeditions kill volkra on these trips across the fold, but Alina tells him that she is weak and iffy about being able to protect them, which is an absolute lie because Alina is frightened, but also her power is actually stronger than ever. So she just doesn't want to get back into that situation. I wouldn't either. No. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. no. 
So they eventually set out for Azalta um, and on the Vi, and, and they travel in a caravan. And, ooh, fashion note, Nikolai gets Alina a blue kefta that she can just have. So that's cool. And um, I got one more quote right here, um, which I always just, you know, I like these backstories. As the sun crested the horizon, I felt a small flutter of hope, the idea of trying to take the Darkling's place, of attempting to reassemble the Grisha and command the Second Army still felt impossibly daunting. But at least I was doing something instead of just fleeing from the Darkling or waiting for him to snatch me up. I had two of Mort Zova's amplifiers, and I was headed to a place where I might find answers that would lead me to the third. Mal was unhappy, but watching the morning light break over the treetops, I felt sure I could bring him around. So, you know, I just love finding, like, I mean, just knowing where she is and her thoughts on all this. And, yeah. So they start to, they they travel through Kribirsk, um, which is the sister city to Novokribirsk. We've got to remember, Novokribirsk is the town that the Darkling completely demolished in Book 1 at the end of it. It's the town that, when he was on the Sandskiff, sent all of his power and Volcra to attack this town um, just to show power because he had all those like men from different countries up on that skiff and... So anyways, they're traveling through um they're traveling through Kribirsk. She notices that it is pretty empty compared to when she first went through it. All the stars and broth st- stores, not stars. All the stores and brothels are boarded up. Um and Alina gets a little emotional when she goes and she walks by their church and which is pretty much standing as a memorial now for all who were killed by the Darkling in Novokribirsk. It is their sister city. Um, she sees that there are names that are painted along the wall um, of people that ha- um, that were killed in that massacre, and there are gifts lined up against the wall. Um, yeah, and it, it it's heartbreaking for her. She really feel sad about it. And I think she's feeling a little guilty too. Oh, absolutely, because she she does. It without her power this wouldn't have happened. Right. She was she was part of it. She was. And what a horrible way to feel. I mean, she didn't want to do that, but even in that same sense we remember the Darkling had that power too. He at that time he was able to control her power. So she did not have a choice. Yeah, so how guilty would you feel knowing that? I mean he couldn't do it without her, but that feeling of she, her power is the one that killed those people. Right. That's, Innocent people. That's horrifying. And if you remember, like, I mean, that was a horrifying part. They talked about, like, mothers grabbing their children, running away. Like, and, I mean, this town, everybody died. So. A mother running with a child in her arms, a man stumbling as the darkness caught him, his mouth open in a scream, an old woman confused and frightened. Yeah. That's- Wow. That's a, that's a scene. Yeah, it is. To have burned in your memory forever. Absolutely. So she's tumbling through that. She Obviously, I mean, seeing something like that would stain your brain for a little bit. Um, but 
as they um, start to move out of Krabirsk, um, they tra- as they're traveling further away from the fold, they start to see that more life is kind of coming up. Um, just to, I guess it's just like the, the town closer to the fold is pretty much dead. But as they were traveling out, they saw that more people were coming around. Um, Alina comes in contact with a peddler selling, get this. Okay, this is freaky, but we're going to get through this. So she comes across a peddler um, trying to sell her stuff. And um, what is he selling? Fake Alina. They, he's selling pieces of Alina. Of Alina. Yeah. Um, of course she's freaked out. <laughs> some people, and the reason for this is because some people think that the rumors are true that Alina died on the fold. So they, and as we've kind of noticed, I think like with saints, they they really love these saints, but a piece of them could bring you luck. It's good luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, Genuine Sancta Alina will bring you good luck. And what's funny is Nikolai, like, points out, like, if you had, like, if this were true, then you'd have, like, a hundred feet. <laughs> because they're everywhere. Because there are so many. There's, like, so many, like, toes. And, like, how weird would that be to all of a sudden? Like, I just would be like, what? Somebody trying to sell you your own toe. And it's not even real. It's no. a fake one. <laughs> so then they, um, they stop in a town called Vernast where they are met by soldiers of Nikolai's division. Um, and while at dinner, they have this important conversation that Terry and I are about to read for you. We enjoy doing these... Um, these these little, readings. These readings, because we love taking parts. And I feel like it, you know, us having different parts can make this a more inviting experience. So More inclusive. Exactly. And you guys love our quote, so we're just going to make it more interesting. So, And this is a lot about the story that would be hard for us to just, like, tell in notes. So, enough said. Here we go. As he dug into a dish of braised oxtail, he ran through a seemingly endless list of places he intended, intended to stop on the way to Azalta. Just listening to him wore me out. I didn't realize winning the people meant meeting every single one of them, I grumbled. Aren't we in a hurry? Ravka needs to know its sun summoner has returned. And its wayward prince. Him too. Gossip will be more gossip will do more than royal pronouncements. And that reminds me, he said, lowering his voice. From here on out, you need to behave as if someone is watching every minute. He gestured between me and Mal with his fork. What you do in private is your own affair. Just be discreet. I nearly choked on my wine. What? I sputtered. It's one thing for you to be linked with a royal prince. Quite another for people to think you're tumbling a peasant. I'm not. It's nobody's business, I whispered furiously. I darted a glance at Mal. His teeth were clenched, and he was gripping his knife a little too tightly. Power is alliance, said Nikolai. It's everyone's business. He took another sip of wine as I glared at him in disbelief. And you should be wearing your own colors. I shook my head, thrown by the change of subject. Now you're choosing my clothes? I was wearing the blue kefta, but clearly Nikolai wasn't satisfied. If you intend to lead the second army and take the Darkling's place, then you need to look the part. Summoners wear blue, I said irritably. Don't underestimate the power of the grand gesture, Alina. The people like spectacle. The Darkling understood that. I'll think about it. 
Might I suggest gold, Nikolai went on. Very regal. Very appropriate. Very tacky. Gold and black would be best. Perfect symbolism and... No black, Mal said. He pushed back from the table and without another word disappeared into the crowded room. I set down my fork. I can't tell if you're deliberately making trouble or if you're just an ass. The prince took another bite of his dinner. He doesn't like black? It's the color of the man who tried to kill him and regularly takes me hostage, my sworn enemy. All the more reason to claim that color as your own. I craned my neck to see where Mal had gone. Through the doorway, I watched him take a seat by himself at the bar. No, I said, no black. As you like, Nikolai replied, but choose something for you and your guards. So, um, yeah, that just interesting. Um, a lot of good stuff in there. And now um, we come to a part where um, we learn more about how Sturmhan got his um, name. So I, f- I found that part um, particularly interesting because he's been trying to get Alina to um, to start acting more like a leader. Right. So his, um, I guess, kind of a way of him to say, you know, you have to be the part is to tell this story um, of how he earned the name. Okay. Just to be really, um, just to be really honest, um, he said when he told the captain to lay down his sword, he laughed in my face and told me to run home to my mother. He said, "Feared men make bread from the bones of skinny Ravkin boys." So Alina uh, is like, "So all right, you killed him," and he's like, um, "No, it wasn't that easy. I told him that foolish old captains weren't meant weren't meat for Ravkin men." So he cut off his fingers. Ugh. And he fed them to the dog while he watched. So he made this man watch the dog eat his cut-off fingers. Nice. (laughs) That's not something that we would think of this man to do. No. But we're getting an understanding of he will do what he has to do to get to the place he needs to be in. Yeah. And he's trying to tell Alina the same thing. You have to do what needs to be done. Right. Yeah. And didn't I think at like the end of somewhere in there, like he says after that happened, he did cry himself to sleep. So I think like maybe that's a little bit of like that was hard for him to do, but he's still like that just shows he's going to do what he's got to do. He's still going to be his human that he is. He might not like it. He might not like it, but he's still. Yeah. which He might vomit up his dinner, cry himself to sleep. But that was the day that he actually became Sturmund because he had done what needed to be done and he gained respect. Well, that is what a leader and a king needs to do. I mean, my God, I wish we could get some people like that in 2020. Um, <laughs> to feed fingers to dogs? I'll do no, it. No, <laughs> just people that could be leaders. <laughs> um, anyway, so moving on, Alina and Nikolai stop in every town where they both meet practically everyone. And um, people are starting to see, um, the people they're meeting are starting to see Alina as a saint, asking for her to bless them or heal them. And um, Nikolai is showing up and presenting himself very well to the people of Ravka. So people are eating up Nikolai. People are eating up Alina, too, as the sun summoner. I just think she's still kind of grasping onto the idea that, like, these people think I'm a saint. Um, But Nikolai is just, he's killing it. Have some coins. Have some kisses. 
He's got Watch this. Watch our sun summoner. He's he's got this. So I got a a quote. Nikolai had circulated the story of how the Darkling had tried to execute Mal on the fold. It had earned Mal instant trust among the soldiers, even a small measure of celebrity. Occasionally he scouted with the trackers in the unit. So um that's just kind of given us a little bit of like Mal um right now and obviously like what Mal really wants to do and what he loves um we know he he loves to be a tracker and unfortunately because of him deserting that might not be possible right now well he does need to be tracking the most important track of his entire life yeah exactly so it's just going to come down to how he deals with the fact that he might not be a part of the first army, but is he okay with doing this side project? You know, but I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but I mean, just, you know, what we, what he's got to think. So Mal speaks to Alina about figuring out who will be part of her guard. And Mal, of course, um, will be part of it. As long as he gets a fancy hat with feathers. Yeah. And a cape. Yes. That's what he wants. So, and here is where we've got our next sure um, little reading. So, and next time we'll have it prepared and I can tell you who's playing who. Um, but um, anyways, we're going to start. So I'm being Alina today. You're in Alina? This, in this quote. Okay. And who am I? Am I? You're Mal. I'm Mal. Okay. So I'm playing Mal. I thought, I thought you might want to go back to your unit to be a tracker again. Mal studied the knot in his reins. I can't go back. Hopefully, Nikolai can keep me from being hanged. Hopefully, I squeaked. I deserted my post, Alina. Not even the king can make me a tracker again. Mal's voice was steady, untroubled. He adapts, I thought. But I knew some part of him would always grieve for the life he'd meant to have, the life he would have had without me. He nodded up ahead to where Nikolai's back was barely visible in the column of riders. And there's no way I'm leaving you alone with Prince Perfect. So you don't trust me to resist his charms? I don't even trust myself. I've never seen anyone work a crowd the way he does. I'm pretty sure the rocks and trees are getting ready to swear fealty to him. So that's a great line because it's so true. Nikolai Nikolai's just rocking it. He's got my fealty. He does. <laughs> so the Sun Summoner starts attracting pilgrims at this point who um, are starting to add to their processional. And um, Alina and Tamar have a conversation about pretty much how Alina is a saint. Um, and Alina's just, no. Alina doesn't think she is one. And she kind of gives the excuse. She's like, I can only summon light and I can wave. But everyone's expectations are just way too big. And their expectations are she can save Ravka. Well, Tamar helps her realize that trying to defeat the Darkling, lead the second army, obtain the third amplifier, and save Ravka is saving the world pretty much. Like, um, and Melina's like, oh yeah. So okay. <laughs> pretty much like all her goals she's got is very saintly. It's just she hasn't just put those puzzle pieces together yet. But, you know, when you're... When you're doing such a good job, you just don't. So 
notice things like that. So going on into chapter 11, Alina ended up having to ride in the coach um, because there are so many pilgrims now. So we've just got all these people now following them. And those are people from the Apparat story that Mm. she's a saint. So they are, um, they are pilgrims that believe she is a saint. Absolutely. And yeah, so they're they're attaching themselves to the procession. Yeah, they're following. They are coming along. They're going They're going on a pilgrimage. They sure are. <laughs> so Nikolai rode in the coach sometimes with Alina, um, always when entering a town or leaving one so they could be seen together. Nikolai and Alina talk about the upcoming war they are about to have with the Darkling and prepare for it. So here's a quote I've got. Grisha, and I love this. This is um kind of where Alina helps Nikolai understand some of the backstory that I love about amplifiers and stuff. Okay, calm down, Eric. Grisha can only use and alter what already exists. True creation is a different kind of power. Bagra called it the making at the heart of the world. And you think that's what the Darkling is after? Maybe, I don't know. We all have limits, and when we push them, we tire. But in the long term, using our power makes us stronger— it's different when the Darkling calls the Nichevoye, Nichevoya. I think it cost him. I described the stain that had shown on the Darkling's face, his fatigue. The power isn't feeding him. It's feeding on him. So, um... We had had a discussion before about that, um, when they, the nothings first came out, about where they came from. And, yeah. Um, so this kind of that helps that discussion, too. That yeah. they, they are feeding uh, well, off of him. So it's a different kind of Grisha power. He's not gaining, he's not getting stronger. By using them, he gets weaker. weaker. Um, but it still is interesting, how did he do the creation? Like, how, like, I mean, it says, like, I mean, you're not supposed to, you can create out of what, well, maybe since they're creators, creatures of shadow, he creates them through that. But... Still, there's some missing pieces we have. There, there are definitely some missing pieces. Okay. But we do know that that is why he can't just create an army of them and take over the world. Exactly. Because Absolutely. he only has so much in him to give to these nothings. Yeah. So Nikolai talks about how his father is still sick and that Jinya must have been the one that poisoned him. Um, I like this next quote just because it gives us a lot of information Nikolai speaks, the Darkling could have murdered my father easily enough, but he would have risked outright rebellion from the peasants in the First Army. With the king alive and kept in isolation, no one knew quite what was happening. The apparat was there, playing the trusted advisor, issuing commands. Vasily was off some place buying up horses and whores. He paused, looking out the window, ran his finger along its gilded edge. I was at sea. I didn't hear the news until weeks after it was all over. I waited, unsure if I should speak. His eyes were trained on the passing scenery, but his expression was distant. When word of the massacre in Novokrubirsk and the Darkling's disappearance got out, all hell broke loose. A group of royal ministers and the palace guard forced their way into the Grand Palace and demanded to see the king. Do you know what they found? My mother cowering in her parlor, clutching that snuffly little dog, and the king of Ravka, Alexander III, alone in his bedchamber, barely breathing, lying in his own filth. I let that happen. 
So Nikolai's blaming himself right now for things that obviously is not his fault. But I love it when we get things like that, this because we're finding out what happened in other parts of the Grishaverse with some of our other characters when we were pretty much on a ship with Alina and Mal. So this is what happened. Like, it's just neat to hear, you and know? So it's one of these little pieces that I keep in my head, um, again, because I haven't read any further nope. than our weekly readings. Yeah. So I'm, you know, making these little first speculations okay. on my own as I go. Um, yeah. Because Jinya had done that and caused that, um, that craziness, that confusion, mm-hmm. the king was actually saved. So in my head, I'm thinking that's giving Jinya Jin- uh, another little point in a uh, direction that we don't really know yet, that she's right. not just blindly following the Darkling, that maybe she knew what she was doing. And again, no spoilers. No spoilers, y'all. But um, but that's that's what that was a little note, a little pin I put in there about uh to to put that in Ginny's well, file. Catch. <laughs> good catch. <laughs> so um, Ginny's got a file. Okay, we, we, they all do. We put, all do. Put it in her HR file. Yeah. So Nikolai tells Alina that the apparatus has escaped. Um, N- Nikolai starts to teach Alina how to be a leader. Um. And I love this. Giving advice such as this. The less you say, the more weight your words will carry. Don't argue. Never deign to deny. Meet insults with laughter. Weakness is a guise. Wear it when they need to know you're human, but never when you feel it. Being a leader means someone is always watching you. Get them to follow the little orders and they'll follow the big ones. And I can't say those are bad. That's bad advice. I mean, for being a leader, you've got to separate yourself from some things. It's actually um, kind of my my parenting, yeah, my parenting guide that I uh, I tell my children all the time. Well, sh- shit, y'all! I'm about <laughs> to take this and post this on my fridge. Exactly. Caden is going to learn all this. And Don't argue. Yeah. Laugh it out. Uh-huh. If bullies are after you, if someone's insulting you, laugh it off, shake it off. Nobody cares. Perfect. Don't carry it on your shoulders. Nope. Words don't hurt. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. That's awesome. I love that. So um, carrying on in the Grisha verse in a town called Tashta, where they are getting back in the carriage. So they've just visited Tashta um, and they're getting back. Um, Nikolai and Alina are getting back up in their little carriage. Nikolai decides to kiss Alina. Oh. She obviously is furious because... But is she really? Well, (laughs) she's upset in this moment. Um, I think there's a lot going on. But the crowd seems to go apeshit over it. They love it. Um, And because of it, Alina kicks Nikolai when she's in the carriage with him. And neat, and of course, Nick. Don't call him Nick, but Nikolai <laughs> explains that you, you know can't this shorten a prince's name. This is an act. The stronger their alliance, the stronger their alliance, the better it will be for both of them. Which is absolutely true. I agree with that. You know, there's two people that I mean are look like they can bring Ravka together, and if you saw that, the stronger their alliance. I mean, hell yeah. Appearances are everything. Exactly, and I mean, especially if she, they've got two different things to do like i mean 
if Alina is with the Grisha leading them, then Nikolai, who's got the first army and the king, like, what a great courtship that would be. Like, I mean, even if it's fake, um, just for people to see that probably is also give them some, like, breathing room. They're like, okay, you know what? That could really work because so far they haven't had that. They've had a king that they barely see that's weak. They don't really know what's going on. They've got the Darkling who's just, like, terrorized the city and is say like it's just not everybody's understanding him so i think with everybody especially the people of ravka this is something that is going to help them and give them hope and faith absolutely yeah to, and they always say you know in, in the history of of the world when you have a war it's not always the best prepared and the ones that have the most weaponry right it's the side that wants it the most it's the side that had the best heart and the most hope that will like have the strength to carry on. Yeah, it is more than weapons, y'all. So giving the people hope will actually make them stronger. Absolutely, because they're going to have the strength of the people, the people that aren't even in the wars. So we've got our next performance for you. <laughs> um, Terry and I got... And let's see, who am I playing in this one? I am... You're Nikolai. I'm Nikolai. Okay. And you are... Alina. Alina. Okay. So this has got a lot of good information in it. Okay, so we're going to start this off. So um, you all get ready. Um, Kurt is... um, The curtain is opening. I'm a younger son. Most likely a bastard, and I've been away from court for almost seven years. I'm going to do everything I can to strengthen my chances for the throne. And if that means courting an entire nation or making moon eyes at you, then I'll do it. I goggled at him. I hadn't really heard anything after the word bastard. Jinya had hinted that there were rumors about Nikolai's parentage, but I was shocked that he would acknowledge them. He laughed. You're never going to survive at court if you don't learn to hide what you're thinking a bit better. You look like you just sat in a bowl of cold porridge. Close your mouth. I shut my mouth with a snap and tried to school my features into a pleasant expression. That just made Nikolai laugh harder. Now you look like you've had too much wine. I gave up and slouched back in the seat. How can you joke about something like that? I've heard the whispers since I was a child. It's not something I want repeated outside of this coach, and I'll deny it if you do, but I couldn't care less whether or not I have Lansoff blood. In fact, given all the royal inbreeding, being a bastard is probably a point in my favor. I shook my head. He was completely baffling. It was hard to know what to take seriously when it came to Nikolai. Why is this crown so important to you, I asked. Why go through all of this? Is it so hard to believe I might actually care what happens to this country? Honestly, yes. I studied, he studied the toes of his polished boots. I could never figure out how he kept them so shiny. I guess I like fixing things, he said. I, I always have. It wasn't much of an answer, but somehow it rang true. You truly think your brother will step aside? I hope so. He knows the First Army will follow me, and I don't think he has the stomach for civil war. Besides, Vasily inherited our father's aversion to hard work. Once he realizes what it really takes to run a country, I doubt he'll be able to run from the capital fast enough. And if he doesn't give up so easily? 
It's simply a question of finding the right incentive. Popper or Prince, every man can be bought. More wisdom from the mouth of Nikolai Lansov. I glanced out the coach's window. I could just see Mao sitting tall in his saddle as he kept pace with the coach. Not every man, I murmured. Nikolai followed my gaze. Yes, Alina, even your stalwart champion has his price. He turned back to me, his hazel eyes thoughtful, and I suspect I'm looking at it right now. I shifted uneasily in my seat. You're so sure of everything, I said sourly. Maybe I'll decide I want the throne and smother you in your sleep. Nikolai just grinned. Finally, he said, you're thinking like a politician. Boom. And I I finally like Alina. Yeah, well, she's going to go back and forth on you, I think. Um, People don't give her a chance, I think, when they start reading these books. And I think she is very relatable. Um, I think she just is her character... If you think about where she's come from and just her backstory, um, she's been give, she's been th- thrust through so much in this small period of time. You've got to think she came from nothing. She's got no parents, and like I mean, she just and then all of a sudden, when things are just she she's working as a map maker and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden this Grisha thing happens. Like you know, there's there's just so much to her that I think people just don't give her a chance. And I think it's like, it's very human of her. And we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to be kind of weird or crazy or whatever. But she's just, she's still trying to deal with the fact of like where she is and her placement and all of it. And I think she's also humble. I think she doesn't want to take on like this whole saint thing because she just doesn't believe it. She just wants to do what is right. And is like i don't know does that make sense it does okay so we'll see more um so the night before they entered Alzalta, they stay at a dacha of a nobleman a nobleman sorry and ooh, fashion alert alina gets a new a new kefta has arrived y'all and oh my god it is the kefta i want because it's blue because that's the kefta i want i want a blue kefta i will be an ethereal kai and I want it to be blue. Oh, when we see what a kefta actually looks like in the vision of Lee, we will be wearing keftas. Every day for the rest of our lives. Especially while doing this. You will have to, like, tear it off me. And then I will kill you because you tore it off and you better fix it. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I love this blue. Um, I love a blue kefta. But what's the enha- the little part that makes her different? It's got the gold embroidering. Like, so that's symbolizing the sun's the sun summoner. And I love that little extra thing there. I just, that's beautiful. Such a good idea. She didn't choose black. No, she did not. And she, she wanted to stay blue. Yeah. So beautiful choice. Um, they have a dinner. Alina obviously is bored and um, goes to visit Mal in the garden. And Alina gives Mal a little personal, just a little gift. And... I love this too because Nikolai was saying you've got to come up with things to give to your guard. And I'm sure he was thinking like a uniform. Well, Alina didn't want to do that. She didn't want to make it look like the Oprichniki that the Darkling had. So she had pins made, just something that you would put up on your left chest and pin it. And it's a sunburst, just a picture, like just the sun. And I think that's awesome. 
because it's small, it's perfect, and it shows her the loyalty they have to the Sun Summoner. Yeah, it separates them from everybody without them being too fancy. Exactly, because you can't get Tolia and Tamar to like wear a, a uniform, I don't think. No. They wouldn't be wanting to do that. So I think this pin idea is perfect. And that's what she wants. She wants everybody to be who they are. Um, and also going back when she's not happy with dinner and she runs off. Yeah. Um, this is another one of those like pin it for the file. This is the Nikolai yeah. file where we're seeing him um, being a little little sad that she can run off and he wants to go with her. And so I'm putting that in my little file of um, the human side of Nikolai and possibly oh, yeah. the uh, we're getting a little bit of eyes for Alina Oh, absolutely. Here. Um, so, uh, again, we're, we're, I'm putting a pin in that. Well, and I think you're on the right track. I think there's things that we see, and I think that, um, especially since Aline's getting her power, um, she's controlling it. when they it. kiss, too. Yeah. So. She said, because he said, I just, you know, just randomly did that. And she goes, uh-uh, you plan everything. Well. So he wanted to do that. Well, Possibly. You're right. I think maybe he planned it also and just the fact that he wanted everybody to see it. But I see what you're saying, too. It could be either. Who knows? It could be both. Both. Yeah. So um, they start making out. <laughs> um, Mal and Alina. Mal and Alina. <laughs> yeah. Mal and Alina start making out. And um, Tamar interrupts them um, and, say that they, and says that they've got guests. And there are Grisha at the gate asking to see the Sun Summoner. Um, Alina goes to see who they are and it happens to be her old friend Fedor um with some of his Grisha buddies and Fedor we haven't heard from in a while the last time she saw him was at the small palace at a dinner and it was just one of her Grisha friends that she made in the first book Nikolai is concerned that they might be that these Grisha that are here um, might be spies, and points out that they are deserters also that they left their posts. So almost saying that like they left their posts, then they can't be trusted, and we should like arrest them almost or whatever. But Alina makes a really good point, saying, you know, if we go around arresting all these Grisha, what am I going to have left of this like army? You want me to lead the second army, but like. We can't arrest Grisha for, like, just running away from their post. What if they're running away from their post because they didn't want to be with the Darkling? Right. That's that's less Grisha to be following the Darkling and more Grisha to be following me. Yeah, so... Um, this was another... Um, yeah, towards the end there was a very... Uh, was, was very telling. Yeah. Because we still... We've kind of got that, like, anti-Grisha kind of feeling going on. Yeah. Um, and whose side are we going to take... Yeah, so Alina and I think Nikolai, like, Alina agrees for Phaedra to come in and speak to her through the gate, but only him. So um, we're going into the last chapter that we cover, um, chapter 12, and I've marked this kind of as a news bulletin because this is the very beginning, but it kind of gives us an idea of what is going on. So Phaedra had been serving near Sikursk, on the su- southeastern border. When word of the destruction of Novokrubirsk reached the outpost, the king's soldiers had turned on the Grisha, pulling them from their beds in the middle of the night and mounting sham trials to determine their loyalty. Fedor had helped to lead an escape. We could have killed them all, he said. Instead, we took our wounded and fled. 
some Grisha hadn't been so forgiving. They had, there had been massacres at Chernast and Olnesk when the soldiers there had tried to attack members of the Second Army. Meanwhile, Mal and I had been aboard the Verhader, sailing west, safe from the chaos we'd helped to unleash. A few weeks ago, he said, the story started circulating that you'd return to Ravka. You can expect more Grisha to seek you out. So I think that's so interesting because that kind of is giving us an idea of what's going on. Um, I love the line where he points out that, I mean... We could have killed them all. They're Grisha. They could have killed right. all of the First Army trying to drag them out of their beds and put them through these trials. They could have just decimated everybody. But they didn't. But they nope. didn't. They just picked up and walked away. And, but unfortunately, there were some Grisha that didn't. didn't. And they didn't make it. Or they got upset and then did massacres in these other towns mm-hmm. of the people. So very interesting. This Ravka's got a lot of civil war kind of just going on or about to abrupt. And he's suspecting that um, some of them had gone to the Darkling. Yeah, so that's what I've got next. Um, Like Nikolai, Fedor believed some Grisha had gone into hiding, waiting for order to be restored, but he suspected that most of them had sought out the Darkling. He's strength, said Fedor. He's safety. That's what they understand. Or maybe they just think they've chosen the winning side, I thought bleakly. But I knew it was more than that. I'd felt the pull of the Darkling's power. Wasn't that why the pilgrims flocked to a false saint? Why the First Army still marched for an incompetent king? Sometimes it was just easier to follow. And that's got a lot of stuff in there, um, I think, to pick apart. I mean, one, she mentions the pull that people get from the Darkling. So that could be something where the Grisha automatically are going to the Darkling because they feel the pull. Second, they don't know anything else, and they know the Darkling's safety and power. So The devil you know. Where else would they go? They don't have any other options. Um, and especially if you're hearing that the First Army is killing you. Um, so there's just interesting stuff there, you know? really helps us like understand um i love that it just said he's strength he's safety that's what they understand that that helps me understand the the grisha because at first i was kind of furious that they would all go with him but now it's just like it makes sense you know right it's it's that whole the devil you know i know this and what i don't know is scary Mm -hmm. so i would rather go with the person that i know yeah It's safe. It's the safe option. Absolutely. So the next morning, they ride into Azalta and are met by thousands of the First Army and, of course, Nikolai's brother, Vasily. Um, Nikolai recognizes one of Vasily's men from his days of being in the army, and um, Vasily, I don't think, is too happy with this because Vasily don't know any of these men, but Nikolai... Of course, it's been years, but remembers specifically a man and his injury. And so smart, so smart. So many people see that and just are like, that's a king, you know? I mean, that's a ruler. That's a leader. He He, knows his people. Yeah, he's been in that situation. He's not just this pampered person. He's been away from the court for, I think it said seven years or something, doing his own thing. So to me, that's just amazing. Um. As they go through the gates of Azalta, Alina sees lots of pilgrims camped outside of Azalta's gates, and that's just kind of showing of the times of what's going on. But unfortunately, 
unfortunately, the princes, obviously, and Mal and Alina were all going to just walk right on through. Um, long story short, Alina and Mal and Nikolai go to meet the king and queen. Um, they meet in the Grand Hall, and the king and queen go and talk with Nikolai and Vasily and take them behind closed doors for this conversation. Just leave uh, them standing there. Just leave them standing there. <laughs> I think for like 30 minutes, maybe. So they don't know whether they should leave or stay. They weren't Everybody's told. Everybody's like whispering about them and like talking about them. And they're just standing there like, what's going on? Yeah, they don't know what to do. Awkward. Well, when they come back, they tell Alina um, that she can lead the second army on a temporary basis until the king can trust her. He's very much about he says that he pretty much does not he's listening to his son Nikolai tell him these things but he still is like I don't know if I can trust you and then um then when they discuss what to do with Mal the king agrees to let him stay but honorably discharged from the first army dishonorably um, I'm sorry, dishonorably discharged from the first army Alina is terrified at this um and, um, you know, one thing that I noticed that the king said when he was coming to this decision, very well, he said at last, what's one more viper in the nest? You will be dishonorably discharged. And I just, that that line of, like, he really doesn't trust Alina. Like, I mean, he's calling it a viper in a nest. Um, he really doesn't trust these people. He's obviously, I mean, I guess a little bit, like, doesn't trust his son a little bit. Or, you know, he's been gone for a while. But well, he also went through it. We had the whole Virginia and all the Grisha fighting back and the Grisha being destroyed. and Yeah. So we, uh, we've got some more anti-Grisha sentiment. Okay, y'all. Well, that is uh, the end of our reading segment. So um, good read, y'all. So um, it is time. <laughs> For Grisha Cast News. So um, last time I spoke about some of the tweets that Lee had um, about the begin as you mean to go on. And I think I was confused. I didn't know what that was. But I found out, y'all. And I should have figured it out while we were doing this. But what it is, is you take something that you want to do that's a productive thing, like either right like writing or um you get writer's block so writing or doing some kind of art or whatever it could be anything but you do it in sprint style so you would work 15 minutes on it then you take like a small break for like 10 minutes then go back do another like 15 minutes and lee hosted this on january 1st and i totally did it I was really excited. It was really cool. It started at 12 p.m. our time. So I was able to, like, do this. And she was doing it on Twitter, and it was just kind of neat because she'd take a break and then be like, okay, we're taking a 10-minute break or whatever, and we're coming back and we're doing this. I did some art that I've been um, wanting to work on, and sometimes that's hard. But um, so anyway. When it was done, it was fun to go back and read all the hashtags Oh, absolutely. And, and, and see the pictures and everything. It's um, uh, it's not quite my style. I was renovating my office and yeah. working on some paint stripping. And, um, but uh, but it was fun to go back and, and see all the things that everyone had done. Hell yeah. And also Lee um, tweeted some other stuff that after 
this um the hashtag the b-a-y-m-t-g-o um on january 1st i'll be taking some time off twitter for the first part of the year i'll also be closing the direct messages on instagram because i can't keep up and i hate feeling like i'm constantly letting people down she also says i'll be using the time to work on some fun secret grisha verse projects and the sequel to king of scars no, the secret projects do not include um, Six of Crows 3. I may write that someday, but it would be a few years down the road. Also, I want to talk about something I discussed on IG stories, but that I want to address here too. I get a lot of questions about the show, most of which I'm not free to answer. Being an executive producer sounds very powerful, but I'm only one voice in the room. Which is so true. You know, she can't talk about all this stuff. Um, so, anyways, I think that's great. Um, I think that gives us some... I'm excited for her to work on some of this extra, like, Grishaverse stuff. I can't wait to know what it is. And, um, anyways. So, we're going to go to listener thank yous real quickly. We don't got a lot. But, um, on Instagram, I've thanked you before, but I want to do it again. Grisha Faye, you rock. Every once in a while, you just keep on all of a sudden adding our hashtag in and just all of a sudden saying, follow GrishaCast, and you're just, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to us. And then on Apple, where I would love for you all to go and at least rate us and tell us how the podcast is, because we can see that, I'd like to thank our dear friend, Lil Care Bear. Thank you so much. Terry and I love you. We love you so much. We do. So thank you, girl. And um, yeah, everybody, if you could like go rate us, that's what helps. If you really love us and you want like, we're not going to make you do this, but if you love us and you have friends that you think would enjoy this, post about it on your Instagram or put it on Facebook. Get the word out. We're trying to get more and more followers. Um, We've got a really good group. We're really happy that we've grown as quickly as we have, but we've got more growing to do, and we are just, we're so excited. So support us and share with your friends. Exactly. That's all we, um, any help will help. Um, So we are Anyways, I've got real quickly a Fjord and Mary kill I'm going to give to Terry, and then we are going to head off of here. So your Fjord and Mary kill is Tamar. Okay. Jenya. Okay. And Alina. Oh. Yeah, I didn't make this one easy for you. You really went for that one. I did. I thought about it. Um, But I know my best friend, too, so I knew this would be kind of complicated. All right. Jenya is beautiful. She is. And feisty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to marry her. Okay. Tamar is. She's the yeah, twin. Yeah, she's, um, she's the twin. I think I, I, I think because of her um, her allegiance and her decisions um, makes her makes her sexy. So I'm going to to feud in her and. I'm going to have to kill Alina again. Wow. But just, just killing her off every time. Sorry, guys. It's okay. She's alive in our books. <laughs> She's the main character. She ain't going to We will nowhere. always remember her exactly. like a McLaughlin song. Well, and we love her. It's just when it's got Fjord and Mary Kill, you've got a lot at stake. You know, there is a lot. It really is. So, 
Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, next week's chapters, we are covering 13, 14, and 15, which is exciting, y'all. Um, you know, I, I'm so excited. I'm going to go poop rainbows. Um, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for you. Oh, well, good. Um, at least I'm not talking about rainbows pooping. Because rainbows don't poop. Rainbows don't poop. I'm going to go poop rainbows myself. Um, which, by the way, my birthday cake was all rainbows. Um, so. Okay. Two bad. and two together. Yeah. <laughs> you, and you would have thought it would have been rainbows. <laughs> okay. We're going to stop we, there. Uh, moving on. So. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Find us on iTunes if you can and rate us. Give. um, Yeah. Put a couple words down about what you, what you think about us. We would love it. It lets us know how we're doing and how we can improve. It does. Um, and share about us on your social medias if you want. Um, we love all of you. And um, yeah, we're just excited. We we This was our 12th episode. And to tell you the truth, I... I didn't know if we would make it there. I was um I was nervous after Fiona unfortunately had to leave. I didn't know if I could handle it for a couple episodes by myself, but I did and then luckily like then all of a sudden I've got Terry and like we're rocking and rolling like we're excited this has all worked out and this is something this is a dream and we're having so much fun doing it for you guys. So it's the best part of the week. That's it guys. We love you all. Have a wonderful week and we will see you all next Friday. So peace out, yos. Bye, guys. Bye. This has been GrishaCast. You may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and on Facebook at GrishaCast.